Hi everyone, welcome back to On The Same Page with Lauren and my co-hosts. Hello, and Shona. Hi guys, hi everybody. So today we are going to be reviewing and discussing The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And we're gonna start this review with a quote from the book. And in the book, Manson writes, it comes back to how in reality, there is no such thing as not giving a single fuck. It's impossible. To not give a fuck about anything is still to give a fuck about something end quote. So the book's title suggests that the book is going to show us how to not care about things. And then he goes on to say that it's impossible to not care about everything. Um, Contradictory much. So Flo, Fiona, what did you think of the book? I mean, the book is contradictory, like you said. Um, One bit I did like was the start of the book. I sent like part of it to my friends and I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty good. This is, this is, pretty insightful and then it just all went downhill from that point so according to the book this is the one bit that I loved if you dream all the time of what you would like your life to be like then you're constantly reminding yourself of what you lack in the present and I quite liked this um uh, Manson uses a poet called Charles Bukowski as an example of someone who truly did not give anything about anything even when he found success and fame um and expanding off of this I think I just really resonated with it just living in your 20s you get so many rejections and I was thinking about how we cope with rejection like I personally dream a lot about about a lot of things that could happen and when it doesn't go the way that I would like it to I hit reality so quick and so I understood this I it it really it really made sense to be honest I quite liked it because I was like yeah okay cool it called me out uh but also on the other hand throughout the rest of the book I was just thinking if if this author didn't give a whatever about anything, then he wouldn't have a 20 pound price tag for this book at Waterstones. So there's there's something that doesn't quite add up about it all. Um, and overall, wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, no, Flo, I agree. Sorry, you could just hear me sniggering in the background there. Um, yeah, like you said, like he does have some good like historical anecdotes. Like he does tell some good stories and it's interesting in that way, but then he's using them to like bolster his point but the point he's making never really makes much sense I don't know I just think it's so poorly expressed it's masquerading as a self-help book but really I think it's just a bit of a I don't know I think it's just a bit of an ego fest for him to be honest yeah yeah I completely agree with you I think that he makes a number of good points that on surface, they do make sense. Like he says that we have to accept adversity and become better at handling it. And that we also have to take responsibility for the things that happen to us, which I think there's some truth to. And I mean, for me personally, choosing not to blame external factors for like my own happiness is something that's helped me. But he uses this term of responsibility as this blanket statement and he makes it seem as if making the choice to be happy and to be responsible for everything is just so easy and the same for everybody and there's almost like a lack of sincerity within that that says oh well everybody suffers get over it choose to be happy and it's just not that simple there's so many other factors that go into it and I feel like the good points that he makes get lost in nonsense to be (laughs) quite frank just in the way he words things I think I don't know like even what you said in the introduction the amount of like swearing at the beginning like he's just it's just a bit much it's like you are how old are you are you a 30 something year old man you don't need to like swear that much like not to sound like your grandma but just it's a bit like 
style over substance like yeah I'm gonna say all of like I'm gonna be trying to be really edgy but he just doesn't and he never tells us how to not give a fuck I think that's another big problem like he says the word so much but I've came out of that, this book giving more of a fuck than I did before I read it agreed I, I don't know maybe the title of this book needs to be changed in order to kind of reflect whatever point he's trying to get across but for me I picked this up and based on the response I mean and it's a New York Times bestseller I've heard people rave about this and I kind of figured it was going to be and maybe it was naive but I figured it was going to be some kind of holy braille of a book that kind of taught you how to work through yourself mentally and kind of not to care about these things as much but I haven't gained anything from it other than well just take responsibility for all aspects of your life even if it's not your fault I just I thought it was very strange to be completely honest <laughs> yeah I agree I think I think it is entirely style over substance I mean it has like 13 million copies sold and I think the use of expletives is really just used again like you said Jonah like it's it's to be striking um I think it does a really good job of marketing itself I mean it has its own journal on the side but does it actually help I don't think so I think it just comes off very self-indulgent and I, I found it very frustrating to read at times to the point where I couldn't really give a f to like finish it at times um so I mean I feel I feel like when a book becomes a chore when it's mm-hmm. supposed to be helping you you know something's gone wrong there's a bit of dissonance there yeah because as well like just outlining to people that haven't read this basically he sort of goes through chapter by chapter about certain concepts so things like struggle he normalizes struggle as part of human life and it is struggle is there but he also says there's so much value within struggle and struggling makes you a better person and I think to some extent yes but he's really ignoring like that actually like for some people like struggle is an ordinary part of their life like it isn't an exceptional thing that makes you better like their life is a continuous struggle and I think this is I think I can speak for all of us like one of the biggest problems with this book is he just talks from a place of like complete white male middle class privilege and I think a lot of his points and his advice is based around that and ignores basically anyone that's not within his demographic yeah I think there's a quote where he said the joy is in the climb and do you know what I'm a big fan of the climb by Miley Cyrus the song (laughs) but like for this quote um he, he completely disregards that some people have to experience unimaginable levels of hardship just to get a glimpse of success. And that's not joyful. Some people have to go through so much pain just to, just to be able to get somewhere. And I don't think saying the joy is in the climb as like a blanket statement applies to everyone. And I think it really shows the lack of empathy in, in, in the book. I mean, he says the subtle art of not giving a fuck, but like caring is like such a principal part of empathy um, that we need. And I totally agree. Like he comes off very, very privileged. Uh, At times it reminded me of, um, you know, like on Instagram and like social media in general, the discourse that's there. We see like people like Molly May and Kim Kardashian recently saying, you know what, all you have to do is get up and work. We all have the same 24 hours in the day, but 
in the same vein as this book, what it completely doesn't address is the institutional barriers that make it very, very difficult for people to have that same level of, like that level of being able to get those same opportunities or like successes in the first place. Um, yeah, it just it just comes off quite condescending in my opinion. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't I didn't agree with quite a quite a lot of what you were saying. Yeah, I think that also relates to he says when he's talking about um, people who have gone through whether it be financial struggles or um, abuse or anything like that. He says that whether they choose to seek psychiatric treatment, the choice is ultimately theirs to make. He says that they are not to blame for their problems and their hindrances, but they are still responsible always responsible to move on despite their problems and to make the best choices despite their problems and to make the best choices they can given their circumstances and I think that that is just so it does come from a privileged perspective because yes there is an aspect where you say well yeah you need to be able to choose to go and get therapy and there is definitely a kind of a self-awareness that comes with a point when you realize that you need to get help but what that doesn't look at is all of the barriers, um, whether it be financial or the fact that some of these people who have gone through abuse don't have stable families and they can't access these resources to help them get better. So for him to say, oh, well, you're responsible for choosing to move on, it it does, does come across as very insensitive and there's a lack of consideration given to these people who are from a different background than he is that either don't have access to the resources because of where they live or because of the family that they grew up in and I think that it's very he makes it seem so easy just choose to move on make a decision but it's not it's not simple like that there's a whole process that comes through it that he just isn't even acknowledging yeah and as well for me like he talks about just again like talking back to the struggle and it being a good thing and actually like the struggle I feel like I'm still the obvious here but like I don't think we should normalize struggle as something good. Like, again, he's very pro-capitalist. He comes across as very pro-capitalist, which is a massive problem for me anyway. But I don't, some people struggle more than others, like because of institutional barriers, like we've said, because of sexism, because of racism. And he's not experiencing that. And he sees struggle as a good thing because it's a novelty to him because he's from this, I don't want to make assumptions about his life. I don't know the guy, but he comes from, he said himself, he comes from a wealthy family. That in, that in itself means that he really probably has had less struggles than a working class black woman, for example. And I think it's almost like he wants to struggle. He wants to seek out a struggle because he's just got nothing, nothing else. Like, I don't know, like for me, life shouldn't be about like, struggling and seeing struggle as inevitable I think we should try and make life better for as many different people as possible and I think he legitimizes that struggle is natural and I don't know this myth that some people struggle more than others and I think he's just like a big mouthpiece for capitalism sorry I just went so in on him then but like it was something that was really frustrating me when I was reading it because I was like imagine picking this book up for like and you genuinely looked at it and was like okay like I need some help like Go in, like, in finding a book to help yourself and realising you've got mental health issues, that is a massive step in itself. And I feel like if you went into it and picked this book up, I feel like it would dash away any hope of you getting better or 
alternatively, if you took this book as gospel, then you're just being fed this like massive capitalist lie and not really being exposed to the nuance of other people or your own situation. When he starts talking about therapy and sort of it's your choice to go to therapy, um, at least in like a British context, okay, obviously this, it might be different in America, I'm not sure, but at least in a British context, um, like when I, when I was going to therapy, when I first went to my GP uh, to talk about it, my GP told me that um, so many people actually come with like their family members or friends that have, you know, it's, it's a real struggle to even get to that point of being able to consider that choice, I guess, in his, his terms. Mental health is obviously something that affects you individually, but it also affects those around you as well. Um, so I just feel like, again, a, a lack of empathy to different people um, and a, a lack of understanding of where people, different people come from. They all come from different walks of life. So um, I would have I would have liked him to explain himself a bit more with that therapy point. Um, actually, he just has a lot more explaining to do because he really doesn't get to the point. And I really, <laughs> I really was waiting for it to hit and it just didn't at all. Definitely. And I think something that is also kind of important is Shona, like you said, about not making assumptions about his life and everybody does go through struggles. And that is, you can't compare one person's struggles to another because they affect people differently and consume them differently. But ultimately he is from a wealthy family and he's a white man. And I don't think, I mean, you know, people, you get cheated on, as he says in this book, and that's horrible. It's heartbreaking. But it's, in my opinion, at least not the same as, say, being someone in of a racial minority who is oppressed and treated poorly because of the color of their skin and factors that they can't control. And I think that it makes me wonder what really qualifies him to write this book? What is the real struggle that he has faced that's given him this revelation that's not just him being cheated on by his girlfriend and realizing that there's things he can change about himself? Because for me, that's personally not, not enough. And that is like, obviously like, that can impact you and hurt your life and it's bad. And like, I just think if I wish he would just, just like explain that nuance it's perfectly fine for him to talk about that experience and his response and what how he thinks you should recover from that experience. But yeah. I think also for this book to be elevated and to be more successful, I think he needs to understand the nuance and mention the nuance. And he doesn't do that. And maybe it's word count, but I don't know, like it's a short book. There's a few words left to, for him to be like, I understand that this is different, but this is how I've responded to this and I think it just misses that little bit of I don't know yeah nuance like I've said I've used that word far too many times <laughs> yeah well I think that's part of the problem is that he doesn't address necessarily that it's okay to be upset and to struggle and to take the time to get to this place where you're ready to choose a better path forward and I think that maybe if he acknowledged that the book would carry a bit more weight but because he doesn't it almost seems as if he's coming across as it's not okay to be upset things happen take responsibility for them and move on with it and it's very for someone who might be struggling in a mental sense to see that it's very almost accusatory of you're reading this book because you're struggling well you shouldn't be struggling so get over it and I think that's kind of that's a problem Mm. in my opinion that's my problem with his writing style sorry to like keep 
criticizing this man but again it's so blunt like it's all about shock factor it's all about like oh like how can I shock people like there is a sentence and like trigger warning like this is quite like a horrible thing that he says I think it's something about like I think this is a bit about him just like not trying to give a fuck about things um your kids dying of throat cancer well at least you don't have to pay for their college fund and I saw that and I was like oh my god like I'm sorry like <sighs> it's not a funny joke in the first place you can't like and imagine reading this book and you've had a death of a family member or something like that and you see that that is immensely triggering and I just think ah, there's bits in this book that he it's just dressed as this self-help but there's just some really damaging things in there and yeah I just did not like that at all it's very insensitive and again self-absorbed I, I I wouldn't class it as a self-help book um I don't think it's that helpful um I think it's again it comes off more like him talking about his own experiences so I guess you'd class that as like a autobiography a biography but yeah um just very like yeah shock factor um I listened to the audiobook and at times I had to like just stop because I was like I, I can't believe what I just heard so um yeah it wasn't exactly the most enjoyable read in that sense but yeah he also says some stuff about his wife which had some sexist undertones to it which I didn't didn't really like at all of course it's just why 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 do we need to hear you just slating the wife how is that how is that going to help me not give a fuck <laughs> like it doesn't and it's like he does talk about the fuckboy stuff like oh like I didn't want like that was bad that was bad behaviors and stuff like that and like adopting these attitudes like helped me become mm -hmm. better but he's like you said with his the way he talks about his wife I think what's he say he says can anyone remember the quote it it's to do with when she tries something new with her hair or something like that and he pretty much tells her he's like oh well that doesn't look good and he says that he values honesty in their relationship and speaking his mind more than he does making appeasing his wife and just saying what would make her happiest which is like fair enough like be honest but also I don't know partners should big each other up and build each other up and yeah. I don't know anything about the relationship so obviously not going to make any assumptions but I just think that was like I don't know like it just when he said stuff like that and the council comment I think it really degrades his argument I think mm. the case that he's making just becomes less I just I'm less inclined to listen to him I'm less inclined inclined to enjoy his perspective because at the end of the day am I really going to trust a man who makes those kind of jokes and doesn't value his wife like I think it was something like she spends too much time in front of the mirror or something like yeah. that I'm like well women do like to like beauty some women do like beauty just oh yeah it just pisses me off and for again just just basing it off this genre of self-help what what do these like comments these slight comments add up to like if you're reading this and you're actually taking this seriously as a self-help book how much of this are people absorbing like oh is this is this how I should be this is what I should be doing mm. again Lauren you mentioned like what makes him qualified to write this yeah what what is it I feel for people that have that do take this as like gospel like they take this as yeah this is this is really really gonna help because I don't I don't think it does uh, again that's like a, that's an opinion and it certainly doesn't resonate with me as a woman I feel like I get zero 
from this. And that's okay. He's not a woman. He doesn't have that perspective. So I would probably read a self-help book by a woman. But also, just because he's a man doing a self-help book, I think this is an extremely damaging book for men trying to seek help for mental health. And male mental health is such a difficult thing anyway to come forward to and come forward about and get help for. And I just think this man is... I think deep within this book, there is toxic masculine, masculine ideals in there, definitely. Yeah, and I think that the problem with this as well is that some of the examples he uses, they're good examples. And the good points that he makes get lost when he opens his mouth. So it's like, I think he talked, is his name Paul Best? Is, is that Pete Best of the Beatles, yeah. <laughs> Pete Best. Paul so Best, talked, you've combined two there. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I've made, I've made one mega Beatle. Anyway, <laughs> he talks about Pete Best and how he got kicked out of the Beatles and then how in the end, Best said, oh, well, actually, if I'd have had been with the Beatles, I wouldn't have met my wife and had my kids and had this life. And it kind of gives you this aspect of everything happens for a reason. And in that sense, there are some positive aspects to this book, but through the examples of people who have suffered rather than when he then goes and turns it on his own perspective. And I think maybe this book could have had more success if, well, I mean, it was obviously successful, but more success with resonating in, with people in terms of it was strictly just analysing other cases instead of him then turning it into his own kind of personal soapbox for him to talk about, oh, yeah, well, I say this and this is what I think, because to be honest, I, I don't care. In <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. I feel that a lot. And as well, I think I saw, I was just reading some reviews and I saw a headline the subtle art of not giving a fuck and like something along the lines of wow he really does give a fuck like I think you know even seeing the book like I don't uh well this is a podcast so you can't really see it but on the title like on the front page of the book has number one New York Times bestseller across it and I just think like it's just about like I think he's just trying to sell books like you said Flo about like the journal and stuff like I just something doesn't add up something doesn't add up about it all um like I'm saying quite pro-capitalist as well I think it's very oh. yeah and I think there was an- another awful I feel like sorry this podcast has just become being like and here's another awful line from it <laughs> but there's a bit where so because he's a blogger as well um but I think that's how this sort of started he's he like offered dating advice and things like that but there was a man commented on so he was saying something about yes, you can go through trauma and that's not your fault, but you are responsible for that trauma and how you then deal with that trauma. And I think a guy commented on his blog saying, my son has died. Like, I don't think I'm responsible for how I'm like feeling. I'm obviously upset and I'm allowed to grieve or just something like that. And then I'll try and find the, the exact quote now. So, yeah. So this man suffered like great pain has commented on this guy's like, post and said I don't think responsibility here is good and so this is a quote from the book at first I felt awful but then after a few minutes I began to get angry first of all why are you getting angry about someone else's grief like ah yeah anyway um back to the quote his objections had little to do with what I was actually saying I told myself and what the hell just because I don't have a kid who died doesn't mean I haven't experienced terrible pain myself close quote and I was just like Mate, like, yeah. Can we just clock how? Can we just sorry? Can we just clock how many times he said "I" in that? 
yeah Mm -hmm. yeah completely I was just this is grief like of course you've gone through terrible things and what this guy was saying wasn't making out that you haven't experienced things he's just saying that you really have to be careful when talking about things like grief with his point of view about taking responsibility yeah no that was just another example of me disliking how he's written things <laughs> there's just a lot in there there's like two, we need we need another episode to unpick it even more <laughs> yeah I, that's the that's the crux of this but yeah um it's a there's some good bits and there's some bits where I'm like okay I get that taking responsibility is a, is an important thing to do but I don't know I think yeah if you want to be helped probably don't read this book <laughs> I think if you do read it, just take everything that's being said with a pinch of salt, and just I guess in 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 his in his words, you've you've, you've got to take that choice yourself to read it. Then uh, you've <laughs> got to be very self aware of what's happening in it. I definitely take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, I I feel like we've been saying a lot of bad things about it, and I don't want it to seem like this is us just completely hating on this man because it's not. But kind of from the aspect of a review, which is what this is. When I ordered this book based simply on the title and the the blurb, whatever, when I got it in in the mail, everybody in my family was like, oh, yeah, we should all read this after because it thinking it would be like a good foundation for everybody to kind of be familiar with. After this, I would not recommend this to my family. I I wouldn't want them to read this to be honest I like we said there are some good points but ultimately it's very blunt and quite accusatory in some senses especially for people who are struggling that if you're struggling it's your fault because you haven't chosen to move on from it and I I don't agree with that hopefully he comes back with a better book (laughs) I don't know if I'll be reading it but yeah no it is worth the read I mean I think what I said to you guys as well, like earlier, is that I don't usually read books that challenge my perspective. Mm-hmm. I usually things that al- read things that align with it. And I'm glad I've read it to realise, no, I, I still stand by my beliefs about things. Um, but yeah, if, yeah, there's a lot of triggering comments in this book. So if, yeah, I'd probably give it a miss on that respect as well. I'd, I'd echo that. I think I, I learned a lot about what I do and don't like I thought it started off strong um I think just as it progressed it just didn't quite match my initial expectations um but yeah I I liked the first chapter the first few chapters but it just didn't just didn't quite meet what what I was expecting of it um but yeah I I if if you want to try and read it, I'd, I'd recommend doing it just to see what you think of it yourself. Uh, but on the whole, probably wouldn't recommend to my friends or my family uh, as like, oh, here's a self-help book that I really like, or here's a self self-help book that you should read. Like I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't recommend it as a self-help book at all. Yeah. But if you are looking for a good recommendation for a self-help book, after reading this, I, I realized that the two self-help books I read before were just so much better in every aspect. And they're both by Vex King. And there's one called Good Vibes, Good Life. And the other is called Healing is the New High. And really recommend them. Like it's about surrounding yourself with positive people and positive vibrations. And like he gives you exercises and how to work through 
your pain and your trauma and everything. And for me, that was far more helpful and feeling like there was an environment where that was accepted to feel upset about things rather than Mark Manson telling me that it's not okay because struggle is joyous. And yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Manson also tells you not to be positive. So he does tell you that. I feel like I'm going to need to read a self-help book to get over this self-help book. Um, <laughs> but I just, I did think about the other day. I was like, God, I'm feeling really sad today. And I feel like this book's genuinely impacted my mood. Okay. I'm going to stop now before like his lawyers come for me, but um, yeah. Okay. So um Lauren you've got an exciting announcement about our next podcast yes I do have an exciting announcement so we would like to announce that our next podcast episode will be about can I get a drum roll please fan fiction Woo! yeah let's go Wattpad we live in a Wattpad world yes (laughs) so because we're all about diversity on this podcast we've read The Handmaid's Tale and now the subtle art not giving a fuck we are transferring to the Wattpad fan fiction world um we're going to be looking at some of the fan fictions um how they've translated into the movie scene um and just kind of something a little bit more light I would say I think I (laughs) I just want to add again that this episode was not set out as a dig at (laughs) Mark Manson or this book it just so happened that the three of us were on the same page about our views nice one nice one (laughs) towards this and it just didn't work for us that's maybe the tough love thing is something that would work for someone else and that's perfectly fine um mark if you're listening we're not coming for you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like it's yeah it's 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 not you it's us yeah (laughs) exactly so does anybody have anything else to add no, I'm excited to talk about fan fiction. It's going to be a delve into my 13-year-old self. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to talk about after. And also, I used to write fanfic, so can't yeah, wait to Yeah, I was going to say, we that. might bring well, out... We've got an author in the house. Those yeah, fan fiction. Not to brag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my, it's like my um, alter ego, which has been abandoned for like six years. So we've got we've to dig up some stuff to find. <laughs> to talk about but yeah bring it back just for our podcast listeners just for you all yeah perfect well if you have read the subtle art of not giving a fuck and you have an opinion you agree with us you think that we're wrong please drop us a comment tell us what you think we're always open for a discussion um about that obviously these are just opinions there's no right or wrong answer or interpretation to this book and we will be back next month for our fan fiction episode so we hope to see you then and thank you for listening to on the same page bye, bye. bye.